Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Well, greetings, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Post. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Scott. Hi, everyone. Um, we actually, uh, I, was gonna, I, I usually ask you how things are going there. We got our first rain and cold weather in California. I think uh-huh. we finally have winter. How's it going in Florida? Oh, it's... Um... Florida is an interesting place these days. Weather-wise, it's uh, typically five to twenty minutes of rain here and there, and then it's bright and sunny. It's it's like being in a tropical tropical island. That, that's the best way I can describe Florida weather. But all is all is well, all things considered. Everybody's safe. And that's marvelous. And mm-hmm. how is the transition going? Because you, you and I have both been going through life transitions. Yeah. Part of one of the reasons we put the show together. Um, and I know things are, I look around the room, you, you guys can't see it, uh, obviously on the podcast, yeah. but I look around the room because we're still unboxing. Yeah, me too. And it's like, where is all this going to go? I know, uh, me too. It's like we accumulate. Mail is these days my worst enemy because I just get it all put away and then a new batch comes. It's like laundry. I don't know if any of you, this probably is too much information, but I like to do laundry like in a house coat, if anything, because the feeling of having everything clean at one time is a really lovely feeling. So I don't like, I don't want to be wearing clothes that later I'm going to have to clean while I'm doing laundry. And I feel like with mail, it's that same thing of I get it unpacked and I get it, you know, get it sorted and, you know, more, more to be revealed. Right. I don't know. Paper. It's my nemesis. At at some point we we need to do a show on email management. Oh yes. Mail management because I'm an, I don't, tell you I'm an expert at many things. Uh-huh. I, I'm an expert at mail and oh. email strategy. Oh, please. Only out of, only out of necessity uh, yeah. with, with my businesses. It's like you can imagine the, the extreme uh, volume yeah. that came in. And I gotta, I'll tell everybody right now, just as a quick little yes. takeaway resource, ScanSnap. I have no stock in this company. I don't have anything to do with them. But I have literally three ScanSnap scanners at different places. I had them at the office, uh-huh. and I brought them with me. Uh, I've, I've every piece of mail gets scanned, turned into a PDF, and then it can be along with email sorted into various folders. And uh. if if you are treating your inbox as a to do list, yeah. you are doomed to failure. There are I ways am- there are ways around that. I am doomed to failure, Scott. Help us out. That's an episode. It's That's going episode. on my list. <laughs> Organizing email and mail. Yeah. Although I, one thing that saved me in my move um, was I, I actually have not taken full advantage of them yet. And I don't own stock in that company either. But this company called Shoebox that my partner found for me lets you, like if you don't have a scanner at home, 
you put it in this postage page envelope and as much can fit in here as you want. And they scan it and sort it for you. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. And so that is a monthly service that I uh, signed up for because like you, multiple businesses and then my personal stuff, it's just really hard to keep track of everything. And, and in my counseling business, I have to have records right? and I have to keep them for decades. Well, a decade pretty much, yeah. unless they're children, then it's a decade after they turn 18. <laughs> and then uh, for tax purposes, is it seven? No, five years, five years that we have to keep everything. It depends. And I'm not a tax expert. Uh, uh -huh. We just went through this. I'm not going to give any advice here. Uh, <laughs> I, I was actually shocked at how uh, I overestimated the amount of time that you had to keep all these records. Me and, too. The and the reality is you don't have to keep them as long as you might have otherwise thought, unless you've been through the God forbid audit, or yes. you've got, you know, pending litigation in my case, or you've got minors involved, um, depending on, on what your record retention policies are internal. Uh, I, I'm a big believer, just check with your tax advisor yep. or your CPA or your yeah. accountant, because yeah, I think you'll I find, you'll find out that you don't, number one, you don't need it as long as you, long think as you might've thought you needed it. And num number two, uh, you can scan a lot of this stuff and keep it archived that way. Mm -hmm. uh, at least in my profession, that's what I'm doing. Everything gets, gets yeah. archived. And by the way, there are a number for those of you that don't have the great volume of mail that you would use Michelle's I call it Michelle's shoeboxed shoebox. <laughs> uh, but if you don't have a great amount of mail, you there are apps out there that you can get on your phone. Mm -hmm. that actually, it looks like something straight out of uh, Mission Impossible. You hold your phone <laughs> up; it's a scanner app, uh, and you hold it up. And as long as it recognizes the page, it automatically takes the picture. And so you just hold this up, and it's like you turn the pages and. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, shoot. that's lovely. And then it turns it into one PDF and you can email it to yourself or send it to Dropbox or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that makes it easier for you. That does. Um, before we get into today's <laughs> uh, topic, which is acceptance, right. for lack of a better way to put it. Right. Uh, have you noticed any trends with clients in general that, that you've been seeing? Um, you know, I would say that clients in general feel some, it, my US-based clients, which is the majority of my clients right now, feel some general um, sense of peace that the crazy week of the map, uh, <laughs> did you see that little girl that asked her mom, mom, when are you going to turn off the map show? Because her mom had been watching oh. the election for so long, for so many hours that the little girl called it the map show. Right. That's, <laughs> that, that's brilliant, right? Brilliant, right? Uh -huh. It has been the map show. So I would say so far of the people I've seen today and, and uh, Friday that there's been um, a little more relaxation that, okay, the votes are cast, you know, like there's no more that can be done except count them and, um, you know, make sure that it, that all all things are on the up and up. So there's a sense of peacefulness, I think, for most people, an overall edge of or um, yeah, sense of peacefulness is what I'm sensing right now. You know, it's hard when you've been on edge for a really long time. Yeah. I think you you grow accustomed to operating at that uh, revolution per minute 
speed. And when it slows down, you kind of retrospectively realize how high you might've been running, how much you were revving the engine. So. Yeah. And I think again, not, not to use it as a segue into today's show, but it all fits in. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've talked before about set points and, and the reality is we so quickly let outside stimulus create these artificial set points for us. Uh, At least that's what I'm seeing with people that I'm chatting about. It's like, Mm -hmm. um, we get, matter of fact, even as we speak, I'm looking, uh, I've got a a monitor here with info that I want to chat with everybody about today. And even as I do that, I'm suddenly seeing new tweets from certain politicians. Oh, (laughs) and it's like, really? And I immediately noticed I went into that hypervigilance mode uh-huh. because of who it was. Right. And it's like, are you kidding me? Right. Um, and we're not immune from it. You and I. No, and no when, way. We ch- when we chat with our clients, yeah. uh, I, I think we all need to, at the very least, recognize what's triggering us. And yeah. if we are operating, as you put it, at such this at, at this higher level out of, well, we even did a show on surge capacity, right? Mm-hmm. If we, we're so used to being at that surge point that even though things have calmed down a bit, mm-hmm. uh, you and I were chatting right before we went on the air. I, I pulled it up so that I could you know, mention it to you. You know, I'm looking at this police chief from a, a small police community who allegedly, according to the news, I don't know the man, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and see more tweets. I used to turn these tweets off. It's it's like really. Um, <laughs> now I'm so curious. I'm gonna have to look up Twitter while you're chatting. It's 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 no, you don't want to look. Um, <laughs> seeing what I just saw, you don't want to look. It's like really, can't we have some peace? Yeah. Um, anyway, this this uh, Arkansas sheriff uh, supposedly posted a tweet uh, on a specific website that I'm not going to read it in exact because of the wording in here. I don't want to further fan the flames, right? but it's don't forget what these blanks have tried to do. And then it goes on and it literally promotes uh, violence, physical violence. Wow. And I, I'm getting while, while I understand, I think most of the folks that you and I work in and with and around Michelle yeah probably have that sense of ah, it's that breathing <sighs> out right yeah. it's like falling into a giant feather bed ah, even if it's for a moment and and like a breath and it's you know I, I watch some commentators and I've heard this from from at least the people I I coach it was just like oh what a moment yeah. of relief right yeah. and and yet there are people, and I've certainly got them in my family, and I've got some, and Me I'll too. call them friends, mm-hmm. who are so worked up. Yeah. And it's it's this tension that's out there, uh, which has led us to our decision to do today's show. Yeah. Um, but we figured the- ahead of time that no matter what the outcome of the U.S. election, that having a discussion around how to accept each other's differences would be an important thing. So. You know, this was not based off of, oh, the election had one one outcome, so we're doing Correct. this topic today. This was decided ahead of time because 
I think no matter what you see in terms of the popular vote or who who is uh, the president elect or determined to be the there's a divided country on our hands. And in some cases, there's a divided household. Um, and in other cases, there's a divided company. Right. There's a there's organizations that yeah. are divided and falling apart. There's families that are divided and falling apart. And then on a U.S. national level, there's a lot of um, a friend of mine joked uh, in 2016 that she was from the divided states of America. And <laughs> and I think that when you see what happened in the latest election, it's even more true four years later. Yeah. And I think for me, and again, before we get into the actual topic of acceptance and Mm -hmm. what I'll call reconciliation, or as I was explaining to to someone this morning about today's show, uh, is I'm going to ask Michelle to do marriage counseling for the country today. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's really what we're doing. And, you know, I, before the shutdown, my wife and I love to travel, particularly overseas, and there are certain places that we love. However, mm-hmm. as much as I joke about, I would move to certain, I would move to certain places tomorrow for the romance and the story and the history, right? You know, to, yeah. tell me that I can live in Flor- in uh, Venice. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. Okay. Tell me, tell me I can live outside London in the, the, the West country. I'm there. <laughs> tell, tell my wife that she can live in Greece and Santorini. She's there tomorrow, right? Um, <laughs> There's still nothing like the United States, and mm-hmm. and I think even my even my really close friends who are overseas will tell will say the same thing when they travel here. It's like, wow, what a country! And I've always gotten very emotional. Not that I'm not emotional mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've been pretty transparent before. I cry at everything. You watch a movie, I cry. <laughs> I did, read a book, I cry, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, I'm man enough to admit that. There's nothing like coming into the United States, notwithstanding the the horror stories of some of these uh, domestic, you know, LAX is just a horrid place to fly into, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because of the way it doesn't treat its travelers well versus the way you are treated in Heathrow, hell, even Nashville. I mean, you fly into Nashville and it's night and day. There's still nothing like going uh, to, to... enter the country here and after you hand your passport and you explain why you're there the agent says welcome home yeah i love that feeling there's I love nothing that feeling. like that mm-hmm. and um you know even when france tweeted the, the i believe it was the prime minister mm-hmm. of france tweeted welcome home america yeah and it's our welcome back i believe it was mm-hmm. and it's again irrespective of who you are mm-hmm. When I t- a lot of the people I work with are overseas, they're international, and they're even breathing a sigh of relief. And it, and again, I think that there may even have been a sigh of relief if the election had gone the other way. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to sense everybody has taken that big breath, and then they've suddenly realized, which will lead us into the show today. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, now what do we do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah, this, uh, this division is, is deep seated. And like you, I have family members uh, who were 
I have some who were excited and happy that uh, Joe Biden was the president-elect, and I have others who feel enraged, feel the election was stolen from them, very upset and angry. Um, And then I have some middle-of-the-ground people who are saying, hey, there were a lot of Republicans elected to Congress and several governors, and those same Republicans who voted that way for their local government still chose to vote against the current president um, administration. And Mm -hmm. so um, they feel like it is uh, a reaction from sort of the middle of the road Republicans that really believe in the policies and the practices of the party, but not the particular person representing the party. Um, So there's just like, you know, so that's, where we have the full range and that's just in my family. <laughs> that's, yeah. You know, those are people raised in relatively the same cultural religious upbringing as me. Um, you know, we all have quite a bit of that in common, even if later in our adult years, it took us to different parts of the world or the country. Um, it's just, it's pretty fascinating to see the breadth of just one family, uh, the divisiveness in just one family. Um, and, and I've got it on our end too. Uh, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, we were consoling, I guess. I'm not even sure what the right word is at this point. Uh, right. a, a family member who got into it with another family member in social media. And it was like, why are you doing this? Right. Why? Right. Um, and I think, and I think what it is, it, in my opinion, people are so challenged that, you know, again, their, their set points have been raised artificially mm-hmm. and there's no venting, there's no outlet for it. Right. And so we tend to take it out <laughs> on those yeah. we love. Yeah. Uh, which is probably a good segue for us to now move into the show, if you don't mind. And I don't. And that is, I really have a fundamental question for you, and I've never asked okay. this before. Which, and Those people, are always pe- fun. <laughs> people know people know that we don't script this show. We we talk. <laughs> I've always wondered what is the purpose of uh-huh. marriage counseling. How's that for a fundamental question? Oh, you know the purpose of marriage counseling is to honor the couple and the goals that the couple has, uh, and help them negotiate and mediate through those goals. So for instance, some people will come to marriage counseling because they have decided that the relationship is not working, but they don't want to divorce nasty mean, and they, they want help negotiating the end of their relationship, particularly if they have children or assets to split up. So I actually have people that will come to counseling to figure out how to finally get along. And sometimes they end up not getting divorced, but that's not my goal. My goal is to honor the goal of the couple. Other people come because they are at their wits end. They want to make it work, but it is not working. And then you've got the middle ground people where one partner comes wanting to get out of the marriage, but hasn't really had the courage to say it and shows up to couples counseling to find out that one partner really wants to work through the marriage and the other partner is like, here's this delicate flower, please handle him or her or them um, without me because I'm out. And so I've had that happen. That's that's the most rare um, of the three. And I mm-hmm. would say the, the most common would be a couple that they 
you know, they remember what it was like to be happy. They don't want to go through the pain of divorce. They want to try to work it out and do the best they can. And, and that's what they're in counseling for. And sometimes I get really, I mean, there's no guarantee of the outcome of marriage counseling, right? Sometimes I get really good results from the couple and other times we end up, even if they both want to make it work, we end up realizing that they're fundamentally different and not able to reconcile those differences. Um, and they divorce. So it's, you know, those, those are the hard ones for me when somebody comes trying to make it work, wanting to make their relationship work. And in the end, they discover that, uh, they're not able to make their relationship work. Would you agree that when it comes to a marriage, uh, a situation, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, for those listening to us, I'm making presumptions here, and I'm using the term marriage in a very broad sense, not in a legal contract sense, because frankly, marriage is nothing but a legal contract. It is. A bond, you can have a partner, you can have a significant other. Some states have common law situations. You know, here in California, we we don't have that. We've got a community state and it requires a legal license. I'm using the term marriage in a a very loose spiritual connection bond. Would would you agree that it's a choice, you know, to to stay together and make it work is a choice. Mm -hmm. And when I ask that, I go back to, we've talked about the the five languages of the five love languages before. Mm -hmm. And I was really quite taken by the book when they talk about the, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that romance time of, of, of Mm -hmm. that you have the two years, sometimes it's longer. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, he, he uses, I believe two years as the romance part of this. Mm -hmm. And then, says after that, it's a choice to remain in love. Mm, interesting. interesting. And I, I, I wonder if in your practice, before we actually get into a metaphor I'd like to share with everybody, mm-hmm. do you find that it really is people come to counseling and they say, I'm going to make this marriage work. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. Or, and the choice, by the way, can be, can be triggered by pain or pleasure or both. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see some people will come and, and say that it is a choice that they make to make this partnership work in all of its forms, legal or otherwise. And I will tell you personally and professionally, some of the things that I have learned. One thing is if in a two person relationship, one person decides that they're just not interested in making it work. That's all it takes. It does not matter how hard the other person works. It doesn't matter how much they try to change themselves. It doesn't matter how much they suddenly get on the same page. When one person is out, they're just out. And that's really painful to watch somebody that so wants to choose the relationship and someone that just is not in it. That's really painful. The other thing that I learned, which is fascinating, is that (laughs) you can fall in love again. You know, the butterfly excited to see each other, oh, you know, turned on, can't, you know, can't get enough of each other stuff. People will say that that only lasts for the first couple years of a relationship. And 
I am, I am going to stand in the ground that, that, that is actually not true. That is, I agree with you, by the way, I agree with you. Uh huh. And I have watched couples who were on their brink of divorce or separation or, or just breaking up fall back in love to get where they like get giddy. What like I can tell because they walk into the room and they're like giddy and kind of snuggly and you know like it's a total change from where they they saw each other. So you can fall back in love together. Um and then the third one is I think I've said on here before relationships need to mostly be easy, meaning it should feel like a good fit. It should feel like you 90% of the time you're just rolling through life and you're working with each other. And 10% of the time you need to have some hairy conversations. You need to work through a couple of bumps. If you get way below that, if it's like 50, 50 work or, you know, 65% is work and 30, you know, we're in trouble. And that is time for some serious couples retreats with a professional, uh, you know, some sort of family counseling because it shouldn't be that hard. So that kind of brings me to a metaphor I'd like to share. Can may I do that? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was thinking of everything that's going on in the country right now. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I keep being reminded of, I, I come back to the United States from traveling overseas and I hear the words, welcome home. Welcome home. It's not welcome to your home. It's not welcome to my home. It's mm-hmm. welcome home. Mm-hmm. And what needs to happen in Scott's head for all of us, mm-hmm. again, irrespective of who had won the election, mm-hmm. who would be president-elect, who would still be president. That's This show was going to be done. It was. Irrespective of that. And so mm-hmm. I spent a long time wondering what do we need to do to bring us all back together again so that there isn't this big divide? And I was reminded of a very shamanistic Zen-like metaphor. And that is, what do you think most people imagine when I suggest to them, imagine a candle flame? Mm -hmm. What do they picture, right? They, they picture this red and or yellow Mm -hmm. flame with, with a flickering. Mm-hmm. And that's not what a candle flame is. If you actually, when we're done here in a safe mm-hmm. place, go light a candle, mm-hmm. not one of the electric ones, light a candle and look at it. Okay. And when you look at it, you will see down at Maverick, I've pulled up here, the uh, of all things, there's a National Candle Association. Okay. <laughs> Who'd have thought? And I'm looking here at the colors of a candle flame. They've got an entire page on the structure of a candle. Uh-huh. And down at the bottom, you've got the the, the blue, that yes. very deep blue. Deep then blue. You, then you have orange and or red, right? Uh-huh. And then you have that gold light that you imagine is the candle flame. Uh-huh. Now, I want you to think about that. You've got three different components, three different colors, yeah. three different elements of a candle flame. And if any one of them ceased to exist the candle wouldn't be there. And all three of them together are what allow this candle to burn hot. Mm, And I've often, and so I, I, I really would love for us in this discussion to start likening this country. And we always have been, you know, Mm. I know we've got international folks, but we always have been at the forefront 
mm-hmm. of, of leading the world and setting an example and being the American dream. And I had family that came over from Europe mm-hmm. and, you know, they, did, they didn't choose to stay in Europe. They chose to come here. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that most people listening to this are in the same boat, right? Mm-hmm. When John F. Kennedy called it a nation of immigrants, it's that all these parts of the candle flame came together to form the candle and mm-hmm. uh, so what I'd love for us to do is to, to take a step back. And I've been doing, again, a lot of, uh, I put more work into this show than I did, I think, any other show because it's so fascinating to me. And that led me from that discussion of saying, what needs to happen for this candle of America, this candle uh, to burn cohesively so that we don't have, oh, look, there's a wick over here and there's wax over here. <laughs> and we've, and, and if we drew a map, here's the blue part of the candle and mm-hmm. here's the, you know, see, you know what I'm saying? I do. And I had then started researching acceptance therapy and it began with the concept of cognitive fusion. Mm. And we've never really called it that in the show before. Mm. And it's, it, it, for those who don't, know what cognitive fusion is it's our choice to Mm -hmm. take the experiences we have Mm -hmm. the emotions the judgments the 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 discernments and then we fuse that with a thought right we have an experience and we fuse it with a thought Mm -hmm. i've mentioned it before as an if-then statement because i love when i work with coaching clients to take them and say here's what we're going to do we're going to break down your if-then programming and find out where the bugs are and then we're going to debug it so if trump wins then blank Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if biden wins then blank you know if the election is rigged then blank if the election is valid then blank it doesn't matter which side you're on you have cognitive fusion taking place the problem is that we I think collectively have gotten to the point where we've taken the experience and the label Mm -hmm. and we fuse them together and we cannot, we're not taking the time to separate them out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I don't, and I don't mean for it to get too deep, but that then leads to cognitive diffusion. And I think right. that's really what the show is, is about today. And that is how do we help our listeners get more distance from their negative thoughts? How do we help them um, be more mindful? We've talked about that before as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do we do? And th- there are lots of things. If you look up online, uh, there are lots of people now talking about acceptance. Yeah. And so I would love, Michelle, if you could, in the context of your practice, Mm -hmm. how do you get two spouses who might be fundamentally different, but that's what brought them together? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you work through the acceptance part of this, of that marriage, so that it becomes a powerful unit? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, it's funny how in preparing for, I'm going to side note this and say, it's funny how in preparing to talk about this topic, I looked up the constitutional amendments and you looked up (laughs) different types of counseling. So we turn to the thing that we don't know to learn. Yeah. And actually maybe that's not really a side note. I think it sort of answers your question is that 
if we can dare to be genuinely curious about something we don't know, which is what it's like to live inside that other person's skin, feel their feelings, deal with their body aches and pains, deal with their own brain and the pressures that they're under and develop some, some compassion, um, then we can listen with new ears. And I think that when it comes to acceptance and bridging the gaps in this country or, or any organization that is going through turmoil, a big part of it is listening with new ears. Um, from an organizational behavior standpoint, I've been through a couple of situations in, in some companies where they've done, um, they've done surveys of staff about you know, their satisfaction with the company. And then I've watched people take that information and excuse it away, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, oh, that person's just disgruntled. They don't really have any, you know, what they have to say has no merit or, oh, you know, that's just a group of complaints. Like, so I see people using these beautiful tools that could allow for new understanding and just file it in their own cognitive filtering distorted way of this doesn't line up with my map, my cognitive schema of what's going on here. So I just have to dismiss the outlier instead of looking for the grain of truth in, in what might be said. So in a, in a couple, even in a couple where maybe there's some, some mental illness present, trying to understand through that person's lens what it's like to be in their shoes allows for more acceptance. You know, like when we've talked here about the show atypical or uh, loving on the spectrum and this whole idea that, um, that non-atypicals or the typicals, I would be mm -hmm. a typical, Scott, you'd be a typical, I, I'm not, I don't have autism on the spectrum that we're trying to make people on the spectrum line up with our social cues instead of learning their social cues, right? And there's no bridge there if we can't have a dialogue, a common ground dialogue. It, it, you know, I, I love that you just said that because it reminded me of something that I said to uh, some folks the other day privately, and that is you can't judge people for not acting like a magician. Yeah. <laughs> if they haven't learned to be a magician in the first place. There you go. And uh, I say that because a lot of my work is what I call magical, right? I only yeah. do magical work. I only work with magical people. Magic is defined in different ways, right. depending on the setting. Um, and, and I also liken to what you said, you know, I do a lot of mediation and mm -hmm. I've served as a judge pro tem for various counties. And that means I have to bring people together. And unlike... Yes what you may have heard before, and this is going to lead to a quote I'd like to share with everybody. Uh, unlike what you have heard in the past where a good settlement, that's what we're really looking at after this election, right? After a good a, settlement, a good settlement <laughs> means everybody's unhappy is what you <laughs> usually hear. And people come into my, my mediations, whether I'm the mediator, whether I'm presenting on one side or whether I'm the judge mm -hmm. and, and, I'm the last step before they go to trial and let 12 people decide their fate. Right. That's really what it is. You mm -hmm. know, today's the last day you get to actually choose what happens to your life. 
And I tell them that, however, you know, part of this whole diffusion concept mm -hmm. is doing the pattern interrupt that we chatted about. Mm. And so when I do my mediations, irrespective of my role, I take the position that a good settlement is where everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the judge, I want you to imagine the guy in the black robe looking at the participants saying, I know you've heard that a good settlement, acceptance, in, in other words, yeah. means you're all unhappy. And right. that's not what's happening today. No. I'm here to tell you that I can orchestrate, strategize, and give you the tactics. Yeah. I can give you the building blocks mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that a settlement is everybody is happy. Mm -hmm, Would mm -hmm. you like that? Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things here is to get their buy-in, that mm -hmm. there's a different outcome possible. Mm -hmm. And so what I've noticed, particularly for family and friends who are so entrenched on one side or another, mm -hmm. is they believe that acceptance is equal to giving up. Mm. And I found this wonderful little quote, uh, if I can take a moment and share it with you. Please. It's from Kabat-Zinn, from, from count, coming to our senses, healing ourselves and the world through mindfulness. And mm. this quote, I think, kind of sums up what we're asking folks to consider today. Mm -hmm. And here's how it goes. Accept, acceptance doesn't, by any stretch of the imagination, mean passive resignation. Quite the opposite. It takes a huge amount of fortitude and motivation to mm -hmm. accept what is, especially when you don't like it. Mm -hmm. And then work wisely and effectively as best you possibly can with the circumstances you find yourself in and with the resources at your disposal, both inner and outer, to mitigate, heal, redirect, and change what can be changed. Mm -hmm. And it's just a wonderful quote because... It kind of leads us back to the serenity discussion we've had, yes. the, the episode that we did with Danny Miller. Mm -hmm. uh, it is, you're not giving up by accepting. Right. You're, you're moving to a bigger goal. And that's one of my biggest hopes. And you know that I don't use hope uh, randomly right. and frivolously. It's one of my biggest hopes here is that we can all take a step back and reset yes, and say what's truly important. Mm -hmm. This isn't a freaking game, right? This isn't properly, right. this isn't life, this isn't mm -hmm. shoots and ladders. <laughs> this, this isn't a game of war or uno. <laughs> this is the life that we're experiencing right now. And if you want to choose to be angry, <laughs> then that's what you're going to find. Right. Right. And you'll find other people. So you'll find other people who are angry yeah. uh, to bond with. And and I would say that um, letting people share their feeling before we get into solutions may be a part of the healing process too, right? People are deeply angry. Why? People are deeply joyful. Why? What, what is, and then what is in common between those two things? Um, it was interesting. I also, in preparation for this topic, I found an article on the Atlantic. It's, it's granted it's from March of 2019, but it was called uh, the art of navigating a family political discussion. There you peacefully. go. Peacefully. 
peacefully. And the subtitle is it works best when both sides really try. So that's the first thing is you want to figure out like, if I'm going to get into this discussion, oh, if I'm going to get in this discussion with somebody of difference, do we both really want to try? Because if we don't really want to try and we're just both trying to be right, that's a cognitive distortion being right. right. Nobody's going to get anywhere. In the article, it described that uh, 39% of people see political diversity within their families. So it's a it's less than 50%, but it's still a 40% of people have it in our families. And here there's two of the two of us on you know, I've got it. co-hosting. I've got it, you've got it. So mm-hmm. maybe it's everybody listening that doesn't have it. Meanwhile, um, it's something like three quarters of people interact with others at work from a different political party. So the majority of the interaction is at work. Um, and less than half of respondents see political differences among their friends. So, you know, I'm here to tell you what it's like to try to be connected in a family that has a lot of difference in it. That's, um, I think it was my, my mother's parents who my grandmother, I had said, on, on our previous, you know, she lived in a time when women could not vote. And so voting was really important to her, but she and her husband were on opposite sides of the political schema. And so people would tease them all the time and say, why do you even bother voting when he's going to vote one way and you're going to vote the other way? You might as well just skip your time. And she was like, oh no, uh, -uh. I, you know, there was a time when women couldn't vote and I'm going to make my voice heard. And, and yet this was a couple that stayed together their whole lives. I mean, we celebrated their 50th and it was many years after that, that my grandfather died and my grandmother never remarried. So it is possible. And maybe that's why there is divide in my family when it, when it existed, even at the grandparent level. I, and I think that that, you know, I'm going to go back to this acceptance and commitment therapy. It's called ACT, right? Yeah. Um, I, I read through the core processes and it's very similar to what you and I, the frameworks that you and I've been chatting about mm-hmm. anyway, um, and why you have family members who are coexisting and right. thriving. Um, right. I've got family members, by the way, same family, husband and wife, completely opposite spectrums. I <laughs> And I, here's an interesting thing. I presumed that the wife in the marriage was pro somebody because Uh her husband was so vocal about it all the time. (laughs) And I never heard anything from her. Uh And yet the other day, this very quiet, wonderful person just went off about Uh the other person. And it was the, 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 person that her husband was in favor of and how much oh. she despised that individual. Uh-huh. As like, what the heck just happened here? And so it brings me back to, you know, stop, you know, some tools, stop being a mind reader. You're yep. not a mind reader. Yep. Um, if you're the one who's agitated and I'm going back to the core processes now of acceptance and um, commitment therapy, the first thing is acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. Making a choice for acceptance. We talked, we've spent some time before this about the cognitive diffusion or what I call get to know your if-then statements and get to know your programming. Mm-hmm. What is it that's triggering you? I get, and we're going to move to this in a minute, I get that you believe a certain thing to be true, mm-hmm. but understand you've allowed your experience and your 
judgments to fuse together and is not helping at this point. It's not going to help the candle burn. No. Okay. No. Um, then being present, we've spent a lot of episodes talking about mindfulness mm -hmm. and meditation. Uh, I have, if you, you don't mind me, you know, self-promoting here, but it's free. Go look up the discovery meditation on my mm -hmm. website, thinkingmagically.com. It's free. Mm -hmm. Listen to it. It's 16 minutes that will help you breathe a little easier. Mm -hmm. uh, and then something, Michelle, I know you're very big on, and that's understanding your worldview. Where is your place in the world? Right. Because when you feel threatened in the world, I think that's what leads to this exaggerated, tri this trigger being exaggerated. Does that make right. sense? Yes. And I'm sure you see that in, in marriage things. And then finally, it's, it's, well, not finally, the second to the last thing is values it's okay for us to disagree. That's what this country is built. That's what mm -hmm. any country is built on. Mm -hmm. We don't have to share the same outcome mm -hmm. desires, mm -hmm. but we do have bigger values. And so one of the things I do as a mediator or judge uh, pro tem is to get people to a place where they can what are our yeses? Mm -hmm. Where are the places that our values are aligned, right? And I've mm -hmm. said it before, if you have litigation, it's, can we all agree that this is the last best chance for you to take control of your life yeah. before it's taken away from you? You will have yeah. no choice after this. Yeah. Can we agree on that? Yes, mm -hmm. that, that's what we know to be true. And uh, if you'll go back to, you know, Oprah's real big on this and uh, Byron Kate is, Katie is big on this. What do you know to be true? And then ask again, is it actually true? Yeah. Um, and, and you don't have to take your values and put them on somebody else. Right. However, and this comes to the last component of uh, acceptance and commitment therapy, and that is committed action. You can't be a bystander. We can't afford to be bystanders in what's happening right now, mm -hmm. uh, irrespective of which candidate won and irrespective of which side of that you landed on. Mm -hmm. If you're going to take a passive bystander role, then it's going to happen to you. Yeah. Rather than you be making it. Yeah, make a conscious choice mm -hmm. for this to be a good thing for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not, I'm not asking anybody to put on rose colored glasses. I'm saying it is what it is. And I know a lot of people don't like that term, but this is what the, right now we have a situation where you've got red and blue states because that's been the map show for so long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you, you have the media for right or wrong, irrespective of where you land with that putting out certain news reports and not reporting others. And I certainly, you know, I've been around the, the media in a deep way for more than three decades. I know yeah. darn well what the media can and can't do. Right. Um, I've been on the receiving end of it. I've been in the uh, development end of it where I develop press releases and handle press conferences. I'm very well aware that the media is not the end all and be all. Don't, mm -hmm. and by the way, social media is not your best news source. Let's just- No, no. Um, you know, and, and by the way, just as a quick note, I'm not going to get into a political discussion, but one of the things that I made sure that I did was get 
we'll call them balanced views, but I did it by jumping around during this whole turmoil between CNN, yep. you know, the major stations, yep, Fox, Fox, News. Fox mm-hmm. News. I watched all of them. I watched them too. I mm-hmm. wanted the different inputs. Me too. Um, these are This is data coming in. So keep mm-hmm. asking, what is the experience that's happening Mm-hmm. And what are you attaching to it? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before too. Are you telling yourself a story? Because at some point in our in our segments, we're going to talk about my no story approach right. to living. And what a great time right now to say, look, I'm committed to bringing this country together. Whatever that takes, that's the number one commitment. I'm yeah. committed to making this candle glow as hot as it can and to light the world. Yeah. And that means once you make that commitment that you got to have all the colors of the candle working together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on a totally different avenue, because, you know, you're coming from the legal standpoint to the therapy standpoint, I'm going to come from the therapist to the legal and say, I maybe step one is each one of you that haven't read the constitution and its amendments, like Scott is, is, you know, well aware of from his, his legal practice. When was the last time you actually read the constitution and the amendments, not just to have people pull the convenient phrase out of the amendments, but read the whole dang amendment in its entirety. Um, It's really fascinating, including for those of you that have participated in any kind of shift along the way, for use of alcohol, or in some states now, the use of marijuana, I I want to remind you that there was an actual amendment at one point in our country that made the use of alcohol illegal. And that divided our country for a long time. And there's, you know, there's still some, you know, Sunday laws in certain states, and maybe we really don't all agree on on uh, alcohol's legal use, but it is in the amendments and then later had to be ratified. So did, did you know that? Do you know, do you know these things? Have you read it? Educate yourself. Why, why do you, are... you know, I'll go one step further. Why do you believe what you believe? Yeah. And to make, and to have a play on Al Gore's, are you telling yourself convenient untruths? Yeah. 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 In the sake of, of more discord instead of uh, to work towards acceptance yeah, I think no. yesterday, yesterday, by the way, God, was it yesterday or is it today? I don't know. It may be what today. Day is it? Let me, well, it's not that. Let me look up. I have a <laughs> feeling that today is, it is, today is chaos never dies day. <laughs> like according to whom? I, I don't know, <laughs> but it, it it's, I, I saw that show up on my calendar and it's like, that's a day and it's, yeah, chaos <laughs> And, and what a great time for us to take a stand and say, you know what? Chaos can die. Chaos can be put on the back burner. And I'm reminded of Jurassic Park and the character that talks about chaos theory, right? And, they, <laughs> and what happens when you take, take away all the, I think that was, they were taking away the male dinosaurs so they couldn't impregnate the female dinosaurs. <laughs> and his comment was, nature finds a way. <laughs> Nature finds a way. <laughs> By the way, I on the days of the year calendar, it is also World Freedom Day. So isn't oh, that fascinating? It's Chaos Never Dies Day is the same day as World Freedom Day. So and you, and you know what? That's not too. That's no. Those aren't too far off. They aren't. <laughs> and can we just, you know, accept 
those two yeah. different definitions of this exact day, November 9th, that we're recording. And, and so <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I kind of, and because of the time constraint here, I uh-huh. kind of go back to start observing yourself. Uh-huh. You know, you've got freedom today, you know, freedom day. Cool. Yeah. That means options. Mm-hmm. You've got chaos day. We know what that means. Mm-hmm. You have the, the choice. You have the option right now to make your life easier Yes. And build a coherent whole. Yeah. Um, and this kind of goes back to my Ho'oponopono and reconciliation practice. Maybe it's a good time to do what I heard Anderson Cooper do the other day as I was flipping through all these different channels. Mm-hmm. And Anderson Cooper, granted, it was after the, the results came in, after the projections came in. But Anderson Cooper said, I, I, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm sorry for what I said. I don't want to be that person. I'm yeah. better than that. And he had made uh, some pretty blatant, rude comments about the president of the United States. Yeah. And, you know, I go back to, there are many judges that I can't stand. I, I'm very opinionated on the judges as, as individual action mm-hmm. takers, mm-hmm. but I'm also very respectful of the office. Yeah. The and office I mean, of judge. The yeah. office of judge. It's like you the know, office you, of president. Mm-hmm. And and Donald Trump is the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like it. However, right. however, it's part of the candle. Mm-hmm. You have to respect it. Mm-hmm. And so um, there are ways to work with all that. Maybe it's mm-hmm. time to take a little step back and observe yourself mm-hmm. and ask, what part am I playing in the problem? Yeah, yeah. I love that. And um, as part of World Freedom Day, this was actually the day that the Berlin Wall fell. It was the day that we commemorate. So what walls personally have you constructed in your life that need to come down? Great. That's actually what a great way to end the show. Mm -hmm. What what walls need to come down? Mm -hmm. So we hope that was helpful. I think, you know, I'm going to be looking at my own walls and figuring out how, how I can start to listen with new ears uh, again. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's, I think we need to do that yeah. so that, that we can be better than we are. Yeah. All right. Um, with that, we've come to the end of our show. Thank you all mm-hmm. for listening. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be posting the replay. If you need to get a hold of us, Michelle, what's the best way to get a hold of you? You can find me at Michelle at postinternationalinc.com. And I presume that's the name of your website as well. They can get to it. it postinternationalinc.com is the website and the email address is uh, Michelle with two L's. Um, <laughs> and you can get me through S, like Scott, S Grossberg at hotmail.com. Uh, or thinkingmagically.com. And both of us are on social media. And we really do invite you, if you haven't joined already, join our Facebook group, uh, Keeping Your Shit Together. You can just look it up, Keeping Your SH with a little star T (laughs) together. Or if you get on Michelle's or my Facebook page, uh, you will see links to it on there. You can email Mm -hmm. us and we'll let you know to go from there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Until then, until next week, thank you all for joining us. Peace. Peace. Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. 
The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.